Alright everybody, good morning. Welcome to High Desert Word Center. Amen. We're going to have an awesome time together today on a rainy Sunday morning, man. We don't get that very often. And so, man, uh, there's just so much good stuff going on. It may be cold and wet outside, but it is going to be awesome in here, hearing the Word of God today. Who is excited to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Alright, well we're going to go ahead and get started just like we always do by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. So let's stand up together and we are going to speak some faith over our nation. Who believes that America is coming to Jesus? Amen. Yeah, amen. Well let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise today. Okay, we're going to take a few minutes here to go around and do a little meet and greet time. So find somebody, give them a handshake, fist bump, hug, whatever. Just make sure everybody gets some love today. Amen? Let's go. If there's one thing... I'm asking the one thing I'm needing A moment that's passing Is not what I'm seeking Like it's the air I'm breathing I want your presence Feet on the earth A heart full of heaven Zeal for you Completely consumes me I can't get enough Can't get enough of you fire is burning right through me. I can't get enough, can't get enough of you. You can't get enough of you. You can't get enough of you. I'm after Spirit, I'm more than a feeling. I don't need a reason to keep chasing who you are. Like it's the air I breathe. I want your presence, feet on the earth, a heart full of heaven's zeal for you. Completely consumes me. I can't get in, can't get enough of you. Your fire. It's burning right through me. I can't get enough, can't get enough of you. You can't get enough of you. You can't get enough of you. I'm after your spirit. More than a feeling, 
Jesus comes, amen. That's right. Hallelujah. We're working for him. Hey, I just want to thank everybody for everything you did for my birthday last week. That's the most wonderful birthday I've ever had. Thank you to all the workers, setup crew, and to our new hospitality director, Renee, wherever she's at for the food stuff, for special events, for your gifts, your cards, for the for your little comments that you made, just for everything. I had a wonderful time, and I'll never forget it. So thank you very much. We love this mama, huh? Awesome. You can be seated, by the way. <laughs> Welcome to church. We love you. It's raining and everyone's like, chill. Are you going home to have soup and snuggles? I love it. I love it. Well, we'll spend some time with Jesus first. So a few things. Um, first of all, we had uh, the missions yard sale yesterday. And wow. can I just tell you that Jesus showed up? It was really cool. Not only did Jesus show up, but Athena Alva uh, was wearing this jacket at one point. And uh, I promised to wear it today because it's somebody's grandma's jacket. And I happened to have hot pink pants to match it. So right. I'm just saying, yes. supporting the yard sale was fun yesterday, and now you get to look at it a little bit. Uh, but Summer, if you could tell us what went on and how the Lord showed up. Amen, yeah. 
Praise the Lord. And how much that the missions group made for it. Yeah. Okay. First off, if anybody is here to help with the art sale yesterday, can you stand up? Yeah, you in the back. You in the back at the table. Nick Alba. At the stand. table with the curly red hair. You need to stand too. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Only two of you are here, really? Oh, Nick. Nick's right there. Athena's right there. Stand up. We got Ray. There we go. Okay. We had such a great group of people yesterday. And they worked from 6 in the morning until, what, close to 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and they never stopped. Cindy Grow, I think she's a robot. Yeah. I think there's batteries in there that are like Jesus-like yeah. charge because that woman doesn't stop. Right. Um, all of you guys, thank you, because none of that would have been capable of happening without your guys' willingness to help. Uh, Raymond, thank you for using your house because that is the perfect corner for a yard sale. Um, we started out, we set up, we had tables full of stuff, a few boxes we still had to unpack. And I turned around and all of a sudden there was more boxes to unpack. And then there was more furniture. And then there was more boxes to unpack. All day long, donations kept coming. So it wasn't just the donations that we had before we started. It was that people kept bringing our yard sale, when we stopped, literally looked like somebody else's yard sale that was just getting ready to start. That's how much stuff we still had left Amen. over. That doesn't mean that we didn't sell anything. Because of God and his graciousness, we raised $1,944.62 yesterday. When I'm telling you that God showed up, he showed up. Amen. We were able to bless people again. Um, we did bags, anything you can put in for $5. We did deals and sales and... Really, it wasn't about charging an exorbitant amount. We wanted to be able to bless people. And in turn, God showed up and blessed us. We were able to pray with people, invite them to church. We have a few that said they want to come and check it out. Um, lots of people that said they're going to pray for our missions. They're praying for our pastors. Um, it was just an amazing time. It was an amazing time of fellowship. We all got sunburned. So if you see the rest of us walking around looking a little red, that's why. Um, but I wanted to tell everybody that donated and prayed for us, thank you. Because you were definitely a part of the reason it was such a success. Yes, amen. So, thank you very Hallelujah. much. Hallelujah. All right. And the coolest part about all of that is that God showed up and people showed up to be able to help them go, right? To send the gospel to Honduras. And that's what it's been all about. And our missionaries in Honduras have had just kind of a tough go of it for the last several months. And um, for a second, it was, are we going? Are we not going? Are we going? Are we not going? And praise God, we're going. And not only are we going, but we're going to go encourage people who've given their lives to serve the Lord in missions. So we get to go and send this group to encourage them, to build them up, to give them some relief for a second, um, and to be able to sow into them and change lives forever. So... I think it's just amazing that we got to do that with a yard sale. Yeah. Praise the Lord. It's about $1,500 a person to be able to go, uh, give or take. And so that paid for more than one person, like a person and a half, which is just amazing. It's just amazing. Okay. So speaking of missions, March 26th, Sunday, March 26th, yes. Ruth and Julius Marar will be yes. here. There are missionaries to India. Yes, and in case you've missed my excitement about it already, they're hilarious, okay? They're hilarious, they're so much fun, their stories are amazing. 
Um, we, you know, we, we talk about Jesus a lot, but not very often do we get to talk about Jesus showing up with a cobra and a bat and a dark room and a, yeah. The stories are crazy. The man's got some experience. Some experience, <laughs> some crazy stories. It's really, really fun. Um, it's always, you know, fun to just get them with our church family because they're just family with us. So do not miss March 26th, yes. Sunday, 10 a.m., March 26th. And you know what else is coming above and beyond all of that? It's the day that we celebrate that Ooh. Jesus yes. Thank came you. back to life. Amen. And he's alive, right? Amen. He's alive and that power that raised him from the dead lives in us and we get to share that with everyone and it's how we live and breathe and have our being. So, Easter is coming. I'd like to call it Resurrection Day. So, Peep Lady, right here. Do you want to help Peep Lady? Okay, so, those who live in the neighborhood right here, they get blessed with peeps every year. Nearly every year. And so we joke because at Christmas and Easter and Mother's Day, anyway, Leah's always got some crazy idea to go invite all of her neighbors. So she's going to tell you about that so that you can bait the hook and start reeling them in for Resurrection Day. Okay? She asked me to display like Vanna White. I I did. I I did. Yes. Yes. So... Well, she already said what I was going to say, but that could be for your neighborhood too. Um, and I have a bunch of the the little things that can go onto your peeps, and they're dollar twenty four at Walmart. Okay. So like nothing for you to pick up 15, 20 of them and just go around to your neighborhood or stand outside of Walmart and give them away or whatever you want to do. So um, I just. Um, I was about to ask that too. <laughs> this coming Sunday, we're going to have invitations printed out. We'll have hundreds of them. So you can take as many as you want and go invite people with these to the Easter service. Yes, Amen. along with the peeps. What I did was I taped the invite on the back and put the paper on the front and then said, here, and on the back is an invitation to my church for a resurrection Sunday. Yes. So, yes. So these will be on the info booth. Um, but yeah, you are more than welcome to take as many as you want and buy all the peeps that you want and invite your neighbors or take them to work and invite your coworkers, however you want to do it. But it, and by the way, it does say, uh, Jesus is risen. Tell all your peeps. Tell all your peeps. Tell all your peeps. Oh, yeah. Get it? Because they're peeps. <laughs> no? Okay. Well, thank you, Leah. And those will be at the information booth, and we'll make sure to have invites for you next Sunday as well. Um, we have a few clipboards going around. You want to split up sections? Let's do it. Brother. I'm sorry. <laughs> we just, oh, it's our favorite to watch Robert run. Okay. The man is fast. He is fast. fast. It's softball. For 40 years old, he can really move. I'm telling you that right now. We love you, Robert. (laughs) We love you, Robert. Um, Okay. So these clipboards that are coming around, one is for egg hiding and one is for egg stuffing. And there's dates at the top of those. What those are is egg stuffing happens earlier and we put scripture in there and candy in there and make piles, piles, piles of eggs. And then on Resurrection Sunday, early, early, we come and we hide all the eggs. So either way you would like to participate in that, it's super fun to get together as the body of Christ and just get to go do that together. Mm. It's just a good family time. So if you would like to sign up for that, this side, it'll get to you about midway through worship, about the time you're doing this and with the Lord, they'll be like, 
Just sign up and pass sure it, okay? Sign it though, okay? Just sign yeah. it and go. All right. So watch for the clipboards. They're coming. If you miss them, stop at the info booth. Yes. Anybody with us for the first time or the first time in a long time? Can you wave at me? <laughs> no one. The Alvas are telling me that it's their first time in a long they time. They haven't been here since Wednesday. Well, it's welcome to yeah. church, yeah. Alva family. We're glad you're here. Okay. Well, we love you. And it's happy time. Woo! Okay. You're going to have to wake up friends i want soup and a nap too but we're here for jesus and you woke up and got yourself dressed so act like you're awake okay amen who's enjoying this rain though i'm loving it brother amen this is so sad amen all right well, if you are giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. And today is also our Mission Sunday. So Pastor is going to be giving us an update on some of our missionaries, and including Julius, who will be here next Sunday. So anyway, go ahead, Pastor. This Sunday. How do you say that? I don't know. <laughs> the ladies are correcting me. Okay. Open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to look at verse 7 and verse 8. Hallelujah. Boy, there's a lot going on at this church, isn't there? Amen. Amen. We're, we're, we're reaching our region with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Getting the job done. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 7 and verse 8. And this, replies to you, this applies to your giving or anything else you do in life for Jesus. It says, with goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men. And when I see that, I think about the things we do in life that we've got to always remember Jesus is the one we're serving. And whether it's missions, offerings, or reaching out to people in love, we always got to remember we're part of his family. We're his arms. We're his hands. We're his voice on the earth. says, verse 8, knowing that whatsoever good thing, how many know it's a good thing to give into missions? Amen. Any good thing any man doeth, the same shall I receive of the Lord, whether we be bond or free. And so what he's saying, it doesn't make any difference what your status is in life, if you're a preachman, if you're a preacher, or if you're a church member, whatever you do, Jesus said you get rewarded for it. Whatsoever good thing any man doeth. And uh, I, I know the Lord's been dealing with me. I haven't told Mrs. Pastor, but we're going to up our missions giving again this year. He just... All, all the time, he's wanting to bring us up, bring us up, bring us up. And I know that uh, missions is something that's I've grown into over all my Christian life, more and more and more and more, seeing the value of it. And I was thinking this morning, back when I was a baby pastor, back in the early 1990s, I was, anything I did in my church to leave my church, I didn't want to just do because other churches did it. Anything I did, I wanted to do it. Because I knew Jesus wanted me to do it for my congregation. I know the Bible has plenty to say about tithes, offerings, givings, missions, and all that kind of thing. But the Lord gave a word to me as a baby pastor that's always stuck with me. And so I want to make sure I'm going to keep on sowing this word into you till you get it. The reason this church is involved with missions, number one, because it is Bible. But number two, Jesus told me back in Indiana for our church... He said, you help me reach the world, i help you reach your part of the world. And so, for me, I don't say this harshly, but I don't care as much about the people of Central America, South America, China, Russia, or any place else 
as I do for the people here. All I ever see is their faces in the videos or on papers and things like that. But I don't see them and know them. I see everybody in this region all the time. I see all the different ethnic groups in our region. I see the people come to our church and visit sometimes. I see people at Walmart. I see people at the grocery stores. I see people at Victorville. I see this region's faces all the time. I know that God has given our church an assignment to reach the people of this region. But his ways are higher than our ways. His ways are not our ways. And his ways are this, seed time and harvest. So if we say, Jesus, we're going to help you reach Central America. We're going to help you reach China. We're going to help you reach India. Do you know what Jesus says? Whatsoever good thing any church doeth, the same shall receive of the Lord. And so to me, that's one reason why our church, even for the size it is, we're not a giant church. For this region, we're a little bigger than a lot of churches. But the reason we are where we are is because this church is in partnership with Jesus to win people around the world. People will never see on this side of heaven. But when we get to heaven, there's going to be multitudes of people in heaven and at the judgment seat of Christ as he talks to us as, as individuals, as a church, he's going to look at all those Chinese people. He's going to look at all those Indian people. He's going to look at all those people from Central South America that we helped take the gospel to. He's going to look at us and say, Pastors, I Desert Word Center Church people, thank you for helping me get these people to heaven. And we're going to look around at all those faces. And, you know, I don't know how, how things work in heaven, exactly how your emotions and your thought processes work, but I know that if he told us that now, showed us the people we've reached in all these years, we'd say, wow, that's unbelievable. That's been, this many people have been influenced because of what this church did. But then when we look at the extended uh, family of this church all around this region, around the country, that this church is reaching right now, because every time that this church preaches the gospel, teaches the word of God, and you get it, whether you do it consciously or unconsciously, you share your faith on the job every day. You share your faith with your family all the time when you talk to them. Because as your life is changed, you're changing others. And we'll never know on this side of heaven how many people really impacted. Amen? And so that's how this thing works. That, that's why we're into missions and helping Jesus. Because I don't want one person... In my realm of influence, as, a, as, as an individual believer or as a church family, to miss out on Jesus because we didn't do our part. Amen? And so Jesus is the one that set up the system. And we, when we cooperate with the Bible system he created, then we're all going to prosper. Amen? 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 All right. Now I want to talk to you about Julie's just a little bit. Katie's already given. I don't know why they always come up with the funny stuff. But, you know, I guess he, he is funny. To a degree, but I see the seriousness of what he does. I've known Julius and Ruth for at least 15 years. We met him in California years and years ago. And we watched him go through the process of transition from just being a citizen of India and have a hard time getting in out of America. We watched him and prayed him through the process to become a United States citizen. So now he has dual citizenship and they can come in or come out real easily now and don't have to get pulled aside because they look different. So they could just come in and out of citizens easily. I watched them transition from a ministry in Texas to Riverside, California. Been to their home several times. They stayed with us at our home. And we're really close with them. And I'm so glad to see them get to come to our church again. Julius got hurt really bad during the pandemic. Really bad. 
He got back into some ministry again like he wanted to, but he was kept out of India for a long time. And because he's an Indian, born in India, his, fam his family arranged marriage, him and Ruth, and all the things they've been through, India is their home, but they live here now. But the thing was, in his church in India, he has several churches he's a bishop. He's got churches in Nepal. He's got churches in India. got a whole lot of things he's responsible for. All he could do during the pandemic and for a couple years after, I think, was make videos, Internet things, the Zoom, what they call that, Zoom, to talk to the people over there. It broke his heart. In India, his older brother died of COVID when it started. Several family members died of COVID. He couldn't go see him or be with them. And a good part of his church died in India of COVID because they're not American where we've had the things that we had here. He went so much hard, through so much heartbreak. I, I, try, I tried to talk with him off and off for two or three years, and he really had a hard time talking. He got, he got shattered. And so now he's able to go freely in and out of India again. Got a lot going on. I'm excited to hear what he has to say. But his school over there, he's got a school, got about 600 students. The last I heard in his school that they feed and take care of schooling every day all year long. And we, we've always seen a lot of video stuff of students over there. Matter of fact, Mrs. Pastor and I were set to go up there a few years ago, and war broke out over there. So he said, Pastor, you guys better not come over here. He said, I can't guarantee your safety, so we had to back out of that. But his school over there was basically supported by one large donor here in America. I don't know who it was. And when that donor pulled out, I think it was about three years ago, he lost the school. They still oversee it. But praise God, a Christian denomination come in to financially take over the school. And so now he's overseer, but somebody else has it. That would have to be a heartbreak itself right there. But the things that they do for Jesus, as Katie said, I, uh, I guess it's kind of funny when he, when he talks, but his work is so serious. They live in a whole different world we do. And when you've been anywhere on the mission field, as you see how people live, it'll really give you a grateful heart for America and make you want to just really kick people in the backside that badmouth our country. And just, you know, if the love of God say, well, if it's so bad, go live over there then. And then you get back and you'll love your country. So anyway, we're so grateful as Christians, as a church, to be able to get to support people like this to do what they do because God not only blesses them as we help them, but he blesses us and helps our church do what it's supposed to do. And I want our church to grow and grow and grow and grow, not so we can have some kind of a mega church, so it'd be that many more people that know the word of faith that you're learning, that know the power of the Holy Spirit, the name of Jesus that you know, because can't you see what this region would be like if we get a bunch of people that really know their covenant, know the name of Jesus, take over the Santa Fe Railroad, Union Pacific, the school district, and all these places out here getting people like you <clears throat> that love Jesus and know how to live like a Christian. That's what we want to do. Praise God. So anyway, that's some of what's going on. And so whatsoever good thing any man or any church doeth, the same shall they receive of the Lord. And so when we, when we pay tithes, we're not paying them to the church. We're paying them to Jesus. When we give offerings, we're not giving them to the church. We're giving them to Jesus. But we are the clearinghouse that Jesus uses to disperse his funds. Amen. And it comes back to you, according to Luke 6, 38. Anybody know what that says? How does it come back to you? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, do men give it to your bosom. Amen. Well, let's stand up. Make our financial faith confession.
and then bring our tithes and our offerings up to the altar and worship Jesus with them. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raising bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for needs, so I have more than enough to take care of my family, to get generously, kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Join us up here at the altar. We're going to praise the Lord together. There's no greater love we know. No greater friend we know than Jesus. Amen. I've seen many places and many faces I've come to know. Times I've celebrated sweet drink I've tasted they've come and go but there was a treasure poured without measure over the earth a light that's so bright and outshines the brightest light of the world no greater friend I know no greater peace I know no greater hope I Such high and low, any everywhere I go, no greater river flows than you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Great innovation and elevation still comes from you. No, great. 
He's going to do it again. He's never failed. He's not going to fail now. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it feels like. It doesn't matter what it sounds like. He's going to see us through. And we have to keep reminding each other of all the times that he's seen us through, right? All the healings we've seen, all the people we've seen come back, the families restored. And those aren't just words. Because sometimes it feels like just words, right? Sometimes when somebody's going, oh, but don't you remember when he saw us through? Sometimes the enemy wants you to be jaded. He wants you to forget. He wants you to think, you know what? The problem before you is so big that there is no way that your God is going to see you through it. (laughs) But God said, the faith of a mustard seed. I don't know if any of you have ever seen a mustard seed. It is really, really tiny. Right? It doesn't take a whole army of faith. It takes that of a mustard seed to see things change, to see chains broken, to see mountains move. you got to speak to the mountain and remind the mountain how big your God is. 
right? We need to be encouraging one another. Hey, when you went through that, when did he bring you through it? How victorious were you? Not just in your own families, in our church families, in our workplaces, right? Because he is attacking. We know that. Every time I talk to somebody, they go, I feel like I'm the only one. Man, I feel like I'm the only one going through this. Nobody else understands. Nobody else has been where I'm at. Nobody else is getting attacked as hard as I'm getting attacked. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> well, let's talk. And then I talk to the next person and they're like, man, I feel so alone. I feel so overwhelmed. And I'm like, hey, let's talk. Because we're not in this by ourselves, right? And the enemy doesn't get new tricks. He has the same tricks that he's always had and he just keeps trying to use them. And the one thing I keep telling my kids, find the verse and stand on it, right? Pastor Dave tells us that all the time. Pastor Bernie, you tell us that. Find the verse so that when the negative thoughts come and you want to dwell on it and it seems hopeless, that you can speak that verse, right? Because maybe you don't have the strength to believe it in that moment. The faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. Speak the verse, right? Remind yourself, Remind the enemy who your God is. Remind the enemy you're already victorious. Remind the enemy how many times he's going to lose. Every time. Right? That's not a surprise. We know that. But our emotions well up. Things get caught up. So while we're singing this song, I really want you to think about how many times he's seen you through. How many miracles you've seen. Big ones, small ones, in between. I don't care. Grab onto it. Let it strengthen you. Let it renew you. Let it stoke that fire on the inside of you. We should be out there speaking to everybody we come into contact with how big our God is. How big he is. How he's going to change their life if they give him a chance. How they need to show up to our church so that they can meet who we know. Introducing them to other people in our congregation so they have encouragement and people to love on them and pray for them. But when we're in the middle of those problems, we don't remember to do that all the time, right? So why we're singing this song, and we do this song a lot, and I love this song because it's so powerful. It is so powerful, and it brings down the spirit. It does. It changes the atmosphere when we truly grasp onto who he is and what he does. So while you're singing this, I want you to really grasp how many times he's seen you through. Think about the situation you're in and begin to speak. He doesn't fail. He's not not going to do this. He always does this. He always sees us through. He always heals. He always delivers. Okay, thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Have lived stories and approved your faithfulness. I've seen miracles my mind can't comprehend. There is beauty in what I don't understand. Jesus, it's you. Jesus, it's you. Heal because
Because you love all the miracles I've seen. You're too good to not believe. You're too good to not
the Lord God Almighty raise our hands and sing boldly. endures forever. And Lord, we acknowledge your holiness today, Lord. We declare, we decree, and we lift your name up, Father. We thank you, Jesus, that you are holy. There is nobody like you. There will never be anybody like you. There will never be anybody even close to being like you, Lord. And we ask that you would have your way in this place today. And Holy Spirit, we tell you that you are welcome here. We ask that you would come in and and do what you need to do. Say what needs to be said. And Lord, we love you. We praise your name today. And we want all of you, Lord. We want all of you. We praise your holy name forever and ever, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We love you, Lord. You are good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Isn't the Lord good? Isn't it good? Amen. Amen.
to be in the presence of God. Amen. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you make your way to your seats there, and we're going to go ahead and uh, kind of get into the message here today. But what an appropriate uh, song. What an appropriate time of worship for what we're going to be discussing today. And so... Um, you know, at a, at a time like this when the presence of the Lord is in the room, it softens your heart to receive the Word of God. And if you came in with a burden, hey, if you came in with anger or with some other issue, right now the Holy Spirit can work on your heart in a way that nobody else can. So can we give Him some praise this morning? And hallelujah. Well, um, I'm going to go ahead and get into the word this morning. If you need an outline for the message, could you raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. We're going to be continuing uh, today in our series called Roots. And this is part 10 of the series. And uh, we've been doing this since the beginning of the year. And we're already in part 10. And, um, and so what we've been discussing uh, the last couple of times is the Holy Spirit. And if you'll remember... Uh, for a few weeks ago, I, I guess I got to play a little bit of rewind and a little bit of uh, recap really quick. Um, the Lord laid it on my heart about a month ago to teach about the Holy Trinity uh, because, you know, some of us are like, man, I'm, I've been knowing that my whole life. Well, some people haven't. And in a, in a church like this, there's a lot of newer Christians. And then there's some that have been, you know, born again longer than I've been alive. And I acknowledge that fact. But everybody, whether you don't even know what the Trinity is or maybe you know a lot about it, I can tell you this much, you don't know everything there is to know about it, do you? Of course you don't. And you can't even fully comprehend the Holy Trinity. And so we looked at Father, we've looked at Jesus the Son, and then we've looked a little bit at the Holy Spirit, and that's where we're going to look a little bit more this week, because I believe that He is probably uh, the, the member of the Godhead that the least amount is known about. And, uh, and so this is why we're taking a couple of weeks to really dig in to who the Holy Spirit is. Who knows what our theme verse for 2023 is? Raymond knows. Does anybody else know? It's Colossians 2.7. Colossians 2.7. Can we put that on the screen right there? Colossians 2.7. It tells us, let your roots grow down into him. Let's say it together. And let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. And uh, and really, what we feel the Lord calling us to this year is to really uh, take take some time to let our roots grow deeper into Him, to go deeper into God's Word, and to make sure that we've got the right foundation for everything that the Lord wants to do in your life. And so, again, we've been discussing the Holy Spirit, and uh, I kind of feel it's it's pretty neat right now. Who has seen the Mojave River flowing? Anyone seen that? It's incredible. And I'm loving it. I've spent some time down there, like a lot of you have, uh, just watching it and, and enjoying it. But Jesus said in John chapter 7 that, hey, the Holy Spirit will make rivers of living water come out of you. And that's an incredible thing to think about at this time that we're teaching about the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, hey, the Spirit is going to be like rivers of living water. And I love that. In fact, in the book of Isaiah, 
Isaiah, uh, the, he prophesied the Lord saying that, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Will I not make rivers in the desert? And so, you know, I, we could, someone could say, yeah, that's, this is just the weather. But I like to look a little bit deeper into things. And I believe that, hey, if you look at some of the natural things going on, it's pretty cool to see how they could line up with Scripture. So, we're going to look at the Holy Spirit. And I pray that you've got open hearts and open minds to the Word of God today. And I want to tell you that the Holy Spirit will not only baptize you with fire and do miraculous things through you, but he will also cause you to live a holy life. Yeah. And so as I've been teaching on the Holy Spirit, I've wanted to talk about speaking in tongues and the gifts of the Spirit because I believe in those and, and that's for today and that's a part of our church. The Lord keeps having me approach the Holy Spirit from some different angles. And we're going to get to some of these other things going on, but one of the obvious clues about who He is and what He does is in His name. He is not just the Spirit, though we call Him that sometimes. He is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you that know Jesus better and studying His Word will definitely lead you to holiness. Who, who's, who's found that out? That the closer you get to Jesus, you want to live a holy life. Knowing God the Father will definitely lead you to holiness. The more that I know about God, the more that I want to please Him and live a holy life. But I'm going to tell you this morning this much, having the revelation that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you will most definitely lead you to live a holy life. And so I'm going to show you an opening verse today, Romans 15 and verse 16. Can we go over there? Romans 15 and verse 16. Now, I am well aware that of all of the popular topics we could preach about, of all the exciting things we could talk about, holiness for most people is not at the top of that list. And I, I know that because most people see holiness in the wrong way. I'm from the Midwest in Indiana where we've got lots of denominational churches and some of them are even called holiness churches. And the way that they see holiness is the women don't wear any makeup. Their hair is up about this high in a beehive and you got to have a scowl on your face all the time and judge everybody else. Now, you don't see that as much in California, but you do see it some. But where I'm from, if somebody says, you're going to be holy, I imagine a mean old woman. And that's just what it was. That's what it was. I'm being real with you. But the more that I've studied the Word of God, I realize, wait, holiness isn't about a bunch of, you can't do this. It's about a bunch of the Lord giving you, hey, I've got so much for you. Now, for example, as a, as a parent, uh, you know, one thing we can learn uh, from the Bible is how to be a good parent. And so being a good parent isn't always about you can't do this. No, 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 no. Being a good parent is saying, hey, no, th that's not good for you. But look at all of this over here that is good for you. Look back to the Garden of Eden. Some people look at this story of Adam and Eve and like, man, God said, no, no, no. You can't touch that one tree right there. Listen, out of a billion trees... God said, hey, you can take the fruit from these billion trees, leave this one alone because I've got a billion other things that are better for you. Now, somebody with the wrong mindset would look at that story and be like, man, God's mean, isn't he? He wants to withhold from us. No, God said, this one right here will hurt you, but 
I'm giving you a billion other good options that will bless your life. Holiness isn't about, man, God don't want me to do anything. We can't do anything as Christians. No, 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 no. That's the wrong mindset. Holiness isn't a bunch of, you can't do. Holiness is a bunch of, man, I can do all this and be blessed and please my Father. That's a holy life. And some of us got to change our mindset when we say the word holy. It's not a condemning, judgmental, no fun word. It's a freedom word. It's a word that could change your life. The Holy Spirit is holy. And if you'll let him be a part of your life, he will make you to be holy too. And so I want you to see something. Romans chapter 15 and verse 16. Did we get there yet? Who is in Romans chapter 15 and verse 16 already? Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that because I'm not there. I need to flip there. Okay. So I started talking, then I forgot to flip there myself. And so the Apostle Paul says, I am a special messenger from Christ Jesus to you Gentiles. I bring you the good news so that I might present you as an acceptable offering to God. Here it is. Made holy by the Holy Spirit. We are to be made holy by the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit, he'll make you holy. If you see someone who claims to be filled with the Spirit and close to him, but they don't live a holy life, something doesn't add up there. That that doesn't make any sense. The closer you are to the Holy Spirit, the more of a holy life that we should live. All right. And so I'm going to go ahead and pray and we're going to get right into the word of God. I want you to listen today. And I believe that the Lord has a word for you that could change your life if you'll listen. All right. So let's go ahead and pray over this. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is truth. And as we open the word of God today and study the Bible, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to each heart. May we have soft hearts that would receive. May we have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying today. Change us for your good. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? All right, number one is this. If we're going to talk about being holy... And what the Holy Spirit will do to us. Number one, we are to be set apart. And that means different. We are to be set apart. And that means different. So check it out. If you were to look up the the word holy in Hebrew, which I did this week, uh, it literally means set apart. And so when we say that God is holy, we're saying that he's different than everyone else. Who agrees that God is set apart? He is different than everybody else in the world. There is no one like him. And I'm thinking, thank God there's nobody like him. And someone may say, yeah, well, he's God. He's holy. We're not holy. Well, I'll tell you right now, you're never going to reach his level. Duh. No one's saying that you will. But you are commanded in the New Testament to live a holy life. And so I want you to look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 through 16. 1 Peter 1, 15 through 16. And so what we're saying is, is that you, as a Christian, should be different than everybody else. Have you caught on to that yet? 
My goal in life is to not fit in to this society. My goal is not to fit into what everybody else is doing. And my goal is not to be liked by everybody. And I mean, I'm a pretty sensitive guy, so I really like it when people like me, okay? But check it out. Listen, the book of 1 John says, friendship with this world makes you an enemy of God. If you just care about making everybody in the world happy, you're going to do some things that are very displeasing to God. Because what makes them happy oftentimes is not what makes God happy, right? And so I want you to see this. Holiness isn't some Old Testament bondage or legalism and that's the Levitical law thing. No, holiness is New Testament doctrine for born-again Christians. So who's in 1 Peter chapter 1? I'm not. Give me a second, okay? i got to flip over First 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 15 and 16. And so... Peter, uh, writing through the Holy Spirit, says, But now you must be holy in everything you do. You must be different in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. Verse 16, For the Scriptures say, You must be holy because I am holy. And so your life as a Christian, should be different than the world around you. You should live your life by a whole different set of standards than they do. Anybody with me this morning? I mean, listen, just because people have lowered the bar doesn't mean that God has lowered the bar. Hey, something to think about. Things that may seem okay to them should not be okay to you. Like, hey, well, this movie's rated PG-13. That means 13-year-olds can see it. Really? <laughs> oh, wow. Listen, there's some things that this world says are okay for 13-year-olds that I don't have any business watching. Yeah, but they set the standard. I don't care. They set their standards. God set my standards. Yeah, I don't share the same standards as you guys. Well, th- listen, I didn't make my standards up. i just going off what the Bible said right there. And so there are things that this world is going to say, no, 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 that's okay, that's, that's a good thing. But the Word of God says different. And so things that they say are bad may be what the Bible calls good. Do yourselves a favor and write down Isaiah 5.20 and look it up later on. Do yourself a real favor right there. It tells us, woe to those who say that evil is good and good is evil. And I'm telling you right now in 2023, there are things that God says are evil that the whole world says, no, 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 that's a good thing. And there's things that God says is really good and the world says, oh, no, that's evil. No, 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 no. And so who are we going to define our life by? Somebody that's been around for a billion years and, uh, well, technically eternally, right? Someone that has a an eternal track record of being right or the new people like, man, yeah, we, I've, I've been in this field for 10 years now. I'm an expert. Huh? I've been a parent for almost 14 years and I know less now than I did 14 years ago. Right? (laughs) I'm telling you that the experts of our day and age, if they're going against God's word, they're not somebody that I want to listen to. I don't like their results. I like the results of God's 
word. And so the scripture does tell us, hey, you must be holy because I am holy. And in this day and age, just know right now, if you choose to live a holy Christian life, you are a fish swimming upstream and against the current of our generation. You are not going to be insanely popular and you are not going to make everybody happy. It can seem difficult, but it pays off in the end. And I have found out that the easy way is not usually the right way. It's real easy to just go along with what everybody else says and make them happy. But I'm not looking to make them happy. I'm looking to make God happy. And so you're going to be a little different if you live a holy life. Now, can you be a Christian and a church attender and not really go by this? Sure you can. Anybody can go to church. Anybody, you know. Hey, that's not what makes you a holy person. What makes you a holy person is obeying the word of God. And it's going to make you a little bit different. But I've got some news for you today. Jesus was a little bit different. He rubbed some people the wrong way. Read the four Gospels, man. He always had people after him. One time, they picked up rocks to stone him. He snuck through the crowd and escaped. But they were going to kill the man on several occasions, way before the cross, because they hated his guts. Because of his holiness, it rubbed them the wrong way. Now, was Jesus judgmental and and looking down on everybody? No. He was just a bright light in a dark world, and that upsets people. That makes people a little bit different. And so if you're going to live a holy life, if you're going to truly let the Holy Spirit have his way, you are going to be misunderstood, you're going to be judged, and you are going to be labeled some things. I'm just telling you that right now. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Because I'm at this point in my life, this is on your thing, where... I don't fear people, I fear God. And so, listen, don't fear people, fear God. I'm getting more and more okay with people not liking me. And I'm getting less and less okay with God not being pleased with me. No, it used to be like, hey man, uh, you know, I know the word says that, but uh, uh, that really bothers me now. If I... Stop to think about, man, I'm doing this, but God's, he doesn't like that. And, 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 and I don't obey God because I'm afraid he's going to pound me down and beat me up. That's no reason for obeying. I just want to please him and live a life worthy of the calling. Amen. And so don't get into this trap of fearing people. In fact, Proverbs says fearing people is a dangerous trap. Fearing the Lord, there's a blessing in that for you. And so, I'm just, alright, I'm gonna talk about my favorite topic for a few minutes here, and a lot of people (laughs) may go over your head, but the most life-changing thing that ever happened to me took place in 2011 and 12, when I really learned the fear of the Lord. Now, I preach on this on occasion, I don't do it all the time, because I don't want it, it's a very, you know, it's just something that I don't want it to become mundane to you. But the most life-changing thing in my life wasn't when I got healed of leukemia. The most life-changing thing in my life wasn't even when, you know, the Lord did different things in my life or called me into ministry. The most life-changing thing in my life happened in the end of 2011 and beginning of 2012 when I finally grew up and started to fear God. 
It changed my life forever. And listen, there's hundreds of verses from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Anytime I see the phrase, fear of the Lord in my Bible, I take a red pen and put F-O-T-L beside it. I want to know every possible reference to the fear of the Lord that there is in Scripture. And I've counted hundreds from the Old Testament all the way into the New Testament. And when we talk about fearing the Lord, most people don't understand it. I didn't understand it. Fearing God isn't being afraid of God. It's not a terror. It's not a a being frightened. It's not a, oh man, he's going to beat me up. He's going to get me good this time. No, the Hebrew word for fear means having the utmost highest level of reverence and respect. And I mean, that's even that, 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 that what I just said isn't even doing it justice. But when you fear God, you respect him, you reverence him more than anybody, more than anything in this world. And I didn't have that. I had been a Christian virtually my entire life. I had been through Bible college and got a degree in the Bible. I had been a youth pastor for several years. I loved the Lord, but I did not fear God like I should. And my life was not what it needed to be. When you respect and revere God more than anybody else, it will change the way that you live. When I started to get the fear of the Lord in my life, it changed the television shows I watched. And you're laughing at me, but... I swear, man, there are things that I used to watch that even most people would be like, that's not that bad. I mean, it only says this, this and this shows this, this and this. And like, okay, listen, I don't know, man, you do you. But I just know this much. I don't want to do anything that is going to hurt the heart of Jesus, hurt the heart of my father. And I know this much also that the Holy Spirit is in the room with me every second. And so if you couldn't watch that show, if Jesus Christ himself was sitting on the couch next to you, beard, hair, sandals, robe, eating some talkies, whatever it is you kids eat these days. Listen, if Jesus, if you wouldn't watch it, if Jesus was sitting right there, why are you watching it right now? And let's just get real. He is right there. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And most people are like, oh, thank God he'll be with me in my trouble. He will. But he'll also be with you right there when you're looking at things on the TV and on your phone that you shouldn't be looking at. Now, that's just the truth. Uh, Man, I didn't come to hear this today. I came to hear that God wants me healthy, wealthy, and wise. (laughs) And he does. (laughs) But he also wants us to respect him so much that it changes the way that we live our life. John Bevere, if you don't know who he is, he's an awesome preacher, awesome teacher, an incredible author, Christian author. But I've heard him tell this story several times. And in fact, Josh and Julie and I and Pastor Kay and I were at a conference in San Bernardino a couple weeks ago. They had John Bevere speak. And he told this story about the fear of the Lord. And it, it just totally makes complete sense to me. So John Bevere told a story about a famous preacher. And I'm okay to share his name because this preacher gave his, is allowing his name to be shared. So this isn't gossip or something. But um, John Bevere told a story about a preacher. Some of you that are a little bit older and were around in the 1980s know his name. His name was Jim Baker. 
He has not a very well-respected name anymore. But he was the most famous preacher in the world in the 1980s. And he ended up going to federal prison for mail fraud. And some, he did a lot of other really bad things that he, he's repented of and, and whatnot now. I'm not saying that I, you know, listen to him or watch his shows or anything. But I am saying that, you know, it's a fact of the matter that these things happened. And, uh, and so when he was in federal prison for four years, <laughs> he asked John Bevere to come visit him in prison. And after they got comfortable talking to each other and stuff, John Bevere said, I've got to, I just, can I ask you a really personal question? When did you fall out of love with Jesus? When did you, you know, walk away from the Lord and completely turn your back on him? When did you quit loving Jesus? And Jim Baker said, I never quit loving Jesus. I've always loved. And he's like, wait, hold on, wait. So how did you do all of these really terrible things? How did you, you know, how how did all this happen if you loved Jesus so much? He's like, Listen, I always loved Jesus, but I didn't fear God. Wow. And in some of our, you know, you look, you know, Christians everywhere. And and, and judging my own life, it's like, how could you do that if you really do love Jesus? No, no, no. I've always loved Jesus. I've always loved him. But there's been times that I... I didn't fear God and it didn't really change the way that I lived my life. When you get a hold of the Holy Spirit in your life, there's a, oh man, there's a lot to the Holy Spirit that we could talk about. But I'm telling you right now, it will change the way that you live your life. He is the Holy Spirit. And whenever I got a hold of really who the Holy Spirit is, when I really got in contact with the fear of the Lord, it, it changed my life. We had moved to Indiana and uh, for about eight months to start a youth ministry, and, and I thought it was so I could live my dream life, and it was so I could get a spanking. And I got one. Uh, <laughs> I did, man. I got some discipline from God in 2011 and 12. And by his goodness and mercy, he let us come back to Barstow. And I love this city. And some people look at it and say, man, you know, it's, this is wrong, that's wrong. And I'm like, yeah, you know what, brother? There's wrong everywhere in this world. I've been to Russia. I've been to Mexico. I've been to Canada. I've been to Nicaragua. I'm going to go to Honduras, maybe Israel. There's all sorts of places. I've been to like 40-something states. There's bad everywhere. That's not unique to Barstow. But I'm telling you what, man. Listen. Hey. If the Holy Spirit is with me and the Holy Spirit says, no, that's where you're supposed to live, brother. That's where you're supposed to live. And so he brought us back and I love this place. I'm obsessed with it. Are there things that I wish were different? Yeah, that's why I pray every day and speak words of faith. And I don't run my little yap and complain. You think complaining is going to fix the issues? That's a whole other sermon. Somebody uh, take note of that. We'll preach on that soon. But I'm telling you right now, man, when you fear God, you'll live where he says to live. You'll go where he says to go. You will turn the TV off when he says to turn the TV off. You'll change the channel. And so until I learned to fear God, listen, I was unstable. I was powerless. I got offended at other people all the time. I couldn't receive correction very well. I was a mess. 
And I'm putting myself on blast. Fearing the Lord radically changed my life. And so as I got more and more acquainted with God as the Holy Spirit, He changed my life. Now, check it out. Holiness isn't perfection. It's not saying that you are sinless. It's not judging and looking down on others. But it's also not making excuses for disobedience to God's Word. I probably used to would have said something like, yeah, I know this probably isn't the best thing, but nobody's perfect. That's the type of stupid thing that I would have said when I was 22 or whatever. But now, if the Word of God shines light on something I'm doing wrong, I don't excuse it. I say, you know what, I need to change that. I don't defend my stupidity anymore. And believe me, there's still some in there. (laughs) Amen? (laughs) There's still some in there, just ask the people that know and love me. But I, I don't try to defend it anymore. I try to own up to it and say, yeah, that was really stupid. I was wrong and I need to change it now. And, uh, and, and I'm just telling you that the Holy Spirit will bring holiness into your life if you'll submit to him. But he won't force himself in because he doesn't force himself upon anybody. And, 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 you know, I want you to look at John chapter 14. Jesus summed it up best, really, in John 14 and verse, um, verse 15 is one that we quote a lot. I'll also look at the next couple of verses. Who's having a good time today? Are you still glad you came? Amen. John chapter 14, and we're going to look at verses 15 through 17. John chapter 14, starting in in verse 15. And so holiness, again, isn't about a bunch of don't do this, don't do that. It's not about being a perfect person. But to sum it all up, Jesus said it this way, John 14, 15, If you love me, obey my commandments. What's his commandments? We would call it the Bible. We would call it the Word of God. And so, if we love Jesus, we'll obey his commandments. It's interesting that Jesus equates our love for him to our level of obedience to him. I mean, hey, I've always said that I love Jesus, but there's been times where I wasn't very obedient to him. That's not fearing God. That's not holiness. But check it out in in the next couple of verses, because Jesus is talking about obeying him and holiness and all this. Then he goes right into talking about the Holy Spirit. I never saw this before until yesterday, actually. So (laughs) shame on me for not seeing this before. But verse 16, Jesus, you know, he said, if you love me, you'll obey me. And I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world can't receive him because it isn't looking for him. It doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And so the part where he says later on he'll be in you, that's us right now. That's the dispensation. That is the chapter of history that we live in right now. In the Old Testament, they didn't have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. He could come upon people, but 
After Jesus died and rose again and went to heaven, Jesus said, the Spirit's going to come. He won't just be around you or come upon you. He will literally live on the inside of you, and it'll change everything. Who in here has the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them today? He lives on the inside of us. And so, yeah, we're going to be set apart. We're going to be different from the world around us. They have no answers and are lost. We do have answers and we are not lost. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Amen. And so if we are living just like them, if we are not set apart, we can't help them. Jesus said, if the blind lead the blind, they both fall into the ditch. If we're just as blind and backwards as they are, you can't help anybody. But we're not. We have the truth. And we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. And so, there. I mean, that's we could talk about that for years and years. But I want to get on to point number two here, and it's this. Is that we are to let the Holy Spirit guide our lives. We are to let... The Holy Spirit guide our lives. Can we look at Galatians chapter 5 this morning? Galatians 5. This is a really, really good passage for us. Galatians 5. But I can, I just know this much, man. I, I look around and I don't want to be like everybody else. I, you know, I, 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 I want to be a little bit different. And some people, they want to be different. So, you know, they do something like dye their hair or wear a crazy clothes. And that's fine. You've got that right. But that's not how I want to be different. I want to be different based upon what's on the inside of me changing the outside of me. I want to be different because of a holy life. And so Galatians chapter 5. You there yet? Give me a minute. I'm not there. Why am I doing that today? Galatians 5, and we're going to look here at verses 16 and 17. And this is talking about letting the Holy Spirit guide your life. So Galatians 5, starting at verse 16 and verse 17. So I say... Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Have you ever noticed that your nature, your flesh, the natural side of you sometimes craves and wants to do things that the Holy Spirit probably does not want us to do? Yeah, man. Sometimes I'm tempted to eat things that I'm pretty sure Jesus doesn't want me to eat. You know, hey, I'm just getting real. Sometimes I'm tempted to do things that pretty sure that he doesn't approve of. And, and, And the scripture explains it to us right here in verse 17. The sinful nature wants to do evil for me, for you, for all of us. Our bodies want to do some pretty gnarly things sometimes, which is just the opposite of what the spirit craves. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Have you ever felt that way? Like there is a war within you because the Holy Spirit's saying do this, do this, and your flesh is saying, no, I don't want to do that. On the inside of you, you, you're in your heart. If you're born again, you do 
have a desire in your heart to do right things. You, you got to. If you're born again, on the inside, your heart is saying, yeah, I do want to get up and read the Bible. And your flesh is saying, hit the stinking snooze button, dummy. Right? Your, your heart is saying, I, you know, I do want to go to church. I do want to get the kids up today. And your flesh is saying, it's raining outside. How could you go outside in the rain? I promise you, if there was a football game today down at the high school, there would be... 3,000 people out there. And they think you're weird for getting the kids out and going to church this morning and sitting in a building with a brand new roof, four walls, six heating units, and everything else. They think you're weird? Come on. Do you see how messed up the thinking of this world is? Yeah, man, you guys went to church Wednesday night. You're going to go in Sunday. (laughs) Yeah, guess what? I went to work five days this week, too. Because there was money attached to it. If I can go someplace five days in a row for money, but I can't go twice in one week for an hour or two each time when there's a spiritual attachment to it, I value money more than I value God, and I don't fear God. Now, I mean, I'm expecting hate mail at this point, and I'm ready. (laughs) I get it sometimes. You wouldn't believe it. I get letters in the mail sometimes from people that are mad at me. And I love it. Why? Because if I'm ticking some unholy people off in this world, I must be making God a little bit happy. Friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God. And I'm okay with that. And so your sinful nature, your flesh, your body, it's always going to want to fight against the things of God. In my heart, if I'm born again, in my heart, I love my fellow human being. In my heart, I do. Even if they've been mean to me, even if they've been bad to me, even if they don't agree with me on my politics, I love them because the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. The love of God. I, I, I have it. Now my flesh may say, you don't love them. They said something bad about you. Oh my gosh. Come on, man. Grow up. Grow up. Come on. Seriously. The love of Christ constrains me. It stops me from doing things that my body wants to do. That my mind wants to do. So just know this right now. That the Holy Spirit is in your heart. And He's always... Your heart is always wanting to do things that your body, your flesh, your emotions are saying, no, that's stupid. There is a war within you, and whoever you feed the most is going to win. If you watch 12 hours of TikTok a day, don't think that you're just going to be led by the Spirit of God all the time. You're not. You're going to be led by TikTok. If you, you know, listen, if you watch five hours of soap operas a day, if you blah, 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 listen to 10 hours of bad music and blah, 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 whatever it is, whenever the pressure comes, you're like a sponge. You find out what's on the inside when you get squeezed a little bit. Amen. And so if you get squeezed in life and all of a sudden, you know, your favorite Snoop Dogg song comes out of your mouth. Hey, you're laughing. Listen. I know how it goes. My senior year of high school, I got suspended. Uh, actually, they, I got I got suspended on the basketball team my senior year 
They wouldn't let me start a couple of games because I skipped practice to go see Nellie and Little Wayne. <laughs> People don't believe that story. I'm dead serious. And so, yeah, you're talking to a guy that was a big-time sitter, all right? But check it out. Listen, back then, if pressure would have came, if someone would have been mean to me, and I got squeezed, some lyrics from Nellie or something would have came out of my mouth. That wasn't the funny part. Why People always laugh. So, <laughs> no, it's funny. But listen. But the more time that I spend with the Holy Spirit, the more of the Bible I read, when I get squeezed, you know what comes out of my mouth? Man, I love you. I forgive you. I love you like I love myself. I forgive you, man. Whenever I get squeezed about money, you know what? God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Back then it would have been, man, there's always more month of money, isn't there? Oh, man, it's bad. Shut up. Listen to me. When you let the Holy Spirit start to get control of your life, your sinful nature is going to fight it. But the more you give in to Him, the more He wins in your life. Who would like it if you were able to follow what the Spirit of God was saying and you avoided a whole bunch of the trouble in your life? Yeah, I'm three people. That's incredible. But listen to me. Serious, yeah. No, that's good. Three more than we had. All right. And so... The New Testament uses a word in several places. The King James calls it carnal, C-A-R-N-A-L. The King James especially, I mean, it's all over the New Testament. First Corinthians 3 is one example, but it uses this word carnal. And carnal means of the flesh. And so the scripture warns us about being a carnal Christian. What does that mean? That means somebody that they are a Christian, but they are ruled and controlled by their flesh. They're ruled and controlled by their flesh. And so it means that you're controlled by your human desires and not by the Holy Spirit. And 1 Corinthians 3 really warns about it and says that's an immature baby Christian. When your flesh and your emotions control you, it's not saying you're a terrible person. It's just saying you're immature. And chances are probably don't really fear the Lord very much. And so I'm going to let's go to verse 19. Let's just go to the next few verses because this gives us the list of what it's like when you're carnal or when you are controlled by your sinful nature. And then the next few verses after these tell you what it's like when you are ruled by the spirit and it's called the fruit of the spirit. And so. Uh, Galatians 5, 19 through 21, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Now, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I read those verses, and I feel really yucky, and I'm like, I don't even like to read that part of the Bible very much, but it's still Scripture, and it's in there for a reason. Now, this is a list of what it looks like when someone does not let the Holy Spirit have control of their life. I mean, listen, they have, there's jealousy, there's outbursts of anger, they're, they're selfish, uh, there's division, envy, drunkenness, wild part, all this stuff, man. That's what it looks like when 
the Holy Spirit doesn't have control of your life. And, you know, when you let your flesh dominate you, that is what a carnal Christian looks like. Now, notice it specifically says that this is pertaining to anyone living that sort of life. So as I read that list, and, and, and so what scares me about this list, it says anyone that lives that way will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's stinking terrifying right there. That's a horrendous thought to think about. But it doesn't say anybody that's done one of these things before or anybody that's struggled in this area. No, no, because... We've all struggled in some of these areas. I look at that list, I've struggled with some of those things. I've done some of those things, right? But this says anyone living that sort of life, if this is our lifestyle, it's one thing to, to you committed a sin, you slipped up, you're sorry, Jesus help me. That's one thing. That's another thing to straight up make it your entire lifestyle. If I live a lifestyle of anger and 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 outbursts of anger selfishness dissension division uh wild party all these things if that's my lifestyle don't get mad at me the scripture says you won't inherit the kingdom of god i didn't say the bible said that and so this is what happened do you see why it's important to let the holy spirit start to guide our lives and to start inviting him in anybody you see in this a little bit This isn't a bunch of, don't do this, don't do that, no, no, no. It's saying, no, 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 you don't need that. Listen, because the Holy Spirit will produce this kind of fruit in your lives. Look at the next couple of verses, verse 22. And I like this list a whole lot better. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. That right there is the picture of what the Christian life should look like. And when we submit to the Holy Spirit and let Him have His way, this is the kind of fruit that we will produce. Who would like those nine things that we just mentioned? Would you like that to be a picture of your life? If somebody comes up and says, hey man, how would you describe Leah's life? And and you would say, well, she's full of love. She's got joy. She's got peace all the time. She's got faithfulness, gentleness. I, I mean, if somebody describes your life, they should be listing the things off of that list. They shouldn't say, well, she's prone to outbursts of anger, jealousy, division, dissension, wild parties, and other sins like these. No! If that is how somebody can describe your life, Something went wrong somewhere. I mean, we took a left turn at Albuquerque or something, like Bugs Bunny said. Something went wrong. And again, I say these things to someone like, man, they're so judgmental. That is not judgmental. This is just the Bible, man. If the shoe fits, wear it. If it fits close to home, listen. If God's dealing correction to us, we can sit there and try to defend ourselves, which is useless against God. Or we can say, you know what, Lord, I hear you speaking today. I I need to do a little bit better. I need to make some changes in my life. But the fruit of the Spirit, that's what the Christian life should look like. And I believe it's, you know, that, that the fruit that we just saw, those nine things, that's kind of the order you start to see these things happening in your life when you're born again. 
The first fruit you should see when you've been born again is there should start to be some love coming out of you. I don't ever see somebody that's mean and full of hatred and they, man, wow, they have got the spirit, dude. Whoa, wow, what a Christian. I'm like, man, they're their father, the devil. No, Jesus, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Now, Jesus did say that in the gospel, but no, listen, if you're a Christian, there should be love coming out of you. In fact, Jesus put it this way in John 13, 35. He said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples indeed, if you have love for one another. If you're a Christian, you should have some joy. If you are negative, nasty, depressed, mean all the time, and have no joy at all, nobody wants to be around you, and nobody wants to hear the Jesus that you preach. Like, man, did he do that to you? Keep him away from me. I don't want to be like you. No. Listen, when you have the Holy Spirit controlling your life, you're going to have peace. You're going to be a patient person. Man, I got the Holy Spirit. I'm just not patient. Well, we should start seeing some patience in your life. Uh, what about kindness? Are you very kind? If the Holy Spirit's working in you, there should be some kindness, some goodness, some faithfulness. If you are a born-again Christian and you've got the Holy Spirit controlling your life, you don't quit all the time, you don't give up on everybody, you have got some faithfulness in your life. You stick with it. And then... Everybody's personal personal favorite is self-control. Who loves to hear about self-control? No, I don't, because nobody wants me to preach on it. I preach on it, and you look at me dirty, all right? I preach on it, and you look at me dirty. So, no, but that is a fruit of the Spirit. So nobody that's born again and has the Holy Spirit living on them say, Man, I know I'm supposed to do that, but I just, I can't control myself. I've got no self-control. If you've got no self-control, then you don't have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives, helps you with self-control. He does. The Spirit will constrain you. Amen. All right, well, that was a good preaching. Let's move forward here. Let's... So how do we let Him guide our lives? How do we let Him, not it, how do we let Him, the Holy Spirit's not an it, He's a Him, how, does the Holy, how do we let Him guide our lives? A, meditate on the Word of God. A, Meditate on the Word of God. Well, what does that mean? Do I sit with my legs crossed and do my fingers like this and say, oh, oh no, no, no. No, that's, that's, uh, Eastern meditation. We're talking about biblical, the Hebrew meditation. What is that? Well, that word literally means to repeat and to mutter. And so when it says to meditate the Word of God, it means to repeat the Word of God out loud. So somebody, that meditates the Word of God, they'll literally go through their day. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Greater is He that's in me than he that's in this world. Greater is He that's in me than he that's in this world. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. They'll repeat the Word of God. That is meditating the Word. For the sake of time, I'm just going to have them put it on the screen. Joshua 1 and verse 8. Incredible verse in the New King James. It was my personal theme verse for 2015. I love this verse. But it says, This book of the law, the word of God, shall not depart from your mouth, 
but you shall meditate, you'll repeat it, day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Listen, if you will meditate the word of God, even if you only know one verse, if you'll speak it out and repeat it, repeatedly, you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Who likes to be prosperous, and who likes to have good success? Who likes for the Holy Spirit to guide your life because he's so much smarter than we are? I like that too. And one way that this is going to happen is through meditating on the Word of God. And uh, as you meditate the Word, you become so familiar with God's truth that you can tell when something's wrong. Did you hear me? When you get so familiar with God's Word, you just know in your heart. When something's wrong, you may be in a room or in a situation or presented with something and you don't know why, but in your heart, you're like, I just, I don't, I don't feel right about this. Something's wrong here. Something's not adding up. That's because the spirit on the inside of you is warning you about things because the more you meditate the word, the more sensitive you become to the Holy Spirit. People that work at banks don't learn to tell counterfeit money by studying fake money all the time. They learn by becoming so familiar with real money that when something fake comes across their hands, they're like, whoa, wait, 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 whoa, that, that doesn't feel right. I, uh, that doesn't feel right. They can tell the counterfeit because they're so familiar with the real thing. And so if I'm so familiar with the Word of God, I don't have to go around studying every sin in the world. I don't have to go around doing all this research about all the wrong things in the world. The Holy Spirit will just, hey, man, that ain't right. You don't need that. Get away from that. Right? B. Let's look at B. We're talking about how do we let him get our lives? A. Meditate on the Word of God. B. Be a doer of the Word. Be a doer of the Word. James 1.22. But be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Like anything else with God, being a doer of the word is not about rules and religion. It's a matter of the heart. I don't read the Bible and pray and go to church because it's a religious ritual that I have and it's just a habit. I don't do it for that. I do it because I actually love God. I love the Bible. I love praying. I love people. I love going to his house. No one forces me to do this. No one's forcing you to do this. I know you guys. You're doing these things because you actually love God. Am I right? It's not just so you can avoid punishment. No, you do it because you love God. And see, the last thing is this. See, if you're going to let him guide your lives, you are going to listen to the Spirit. You're going to listen to the Spirit. Again, I'm just quoting this verse for the sake of time. It's on the screen. It's on your handout. John 14, 13. Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Did you know that the Holy Spirit will tell you the things that you need to know about the future? He will. He's not going to tell you every single day, every detail of the day, but the Holy Spirit will give you the information that you need about your future so you can make right choices. That don't ever happen to me. Well, you're not listening. You got to listen to him. You got to give him room to speak and to be invited into your life. And what he tells us will always line up with the Bible. If it doesn't, then it's not him. The Holy, well, that's weird. The Holy Spirit's telling me this, but the Bible says that. Then you're not hearing the Holy Spirit. That's how it is. But listen, the Spirit 
and the Word always agree. They always come together. And when we learn to listen to the Spirit of God, when we become obedient, He will start guiding us. And as I close out, I just want to give you a little bit of guidance in this regard. The Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts in what the Scripture calls the still, small voice so often. He'll speak through the Word. He'll speak through all sorts of ways. But as you mature in the Lord, you can start to rely on hearing the still, small voice, the gentle whisper of the Holy Spirit in your heart. And begin to just, just, just guide you in your heart. Little things that will always line up with the Bible, but you'll see, you'll, you, you'll sense His guidance in your heart. And someone would say, no, 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 you, you can't, you can't trust your heart. It's wicked above all things because the book of Jeremiah says that. Yes. Under the old covenant, listen, they didn't have the Spirit on the inside of them. They didn't have a born again heart. But as a New Testament Christian, I've got a born-again heart. I've got a brand new spirit. Second Corinthians 5.21, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Behold, the old has passed away. Old things have become new. I can listen to my heart now if it's sensitive towards God and if it's lining up with the Bible. I love that. You have a valuable tool that the rest of this world doesn't have. And so... As we close things out here, we're talking about holiness. And it's interesting, Pastor Josh, I ran into him in the office, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to do this song about holiness uh, as a third song today. And I'm like, hey, I'm preaching about holiness. And so, you know, the Holy Spirit's wanting to talk to us a little bit today. And so if anything that we said rubbed you the wrong way, we have done our job today. You should have been uncomfortable today. I was uncomfortable saying it. You should be uncomfortable hearing it. Because when we grow, there is a pain in growing because you're being stretched. If you only want to go to a church that makes you comfortable all the time, if you only want to hear things that never challenge you, this is probably the wrong church. Because we're going to preach the Bible and it may challenge you. It may rub you the wrong way. It may like, well, that's not how I always heard it. Well, if I say something that isn't how you always heard it and it does not line up with the Bible, trash me and go somewhere else. I'm fine with that. I don't ever want to mislead anybody. I pray every time I preach, Lord, let your truth come out of me. I don't want to say anything stupid this time. I don't want to say anything false. I don't want to say anything wrong. Because, uh, you know, I take presenting God's word. I'm pretty holy thing. <laughs> and so... If we do say something that challenges you, but it's what the Word of God says, hey, you can fight, you know, whatever. It's, it's your option. But my goal is to stretch you, to make you a little bit uncomfortable, because I want you to grow into who the Lord has you to be. We're talking about roots. Let your roots go down into Him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. What if by December this year you have grown so much? You've been stretched. There's been a little bit of discomfort. There's been a little bit of, wow, man, what's going on? But what if it, by December of this year, you can look back and say, I grew more this year than any year of my life. What's going to happen if you're, you know holy about it, you're going to overflow with thankfulness and say, oh, thank you, Jesus. I grew. I grew. You stretched me. I'm not where I was. You're so good, Jesus.
That's what we're talking about. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we stand up together today? As we grow, you're not only going to grow in your knowledge of the Bible, you're going to grow into being a holy man of God. You're going to grow into being a holy woman of God. What a beautiful thing, man. What a beautiful thing. I want to pray together today. I'm going to have Pastor Josh lead us into worship. But I know this much. The more that we choose to set boundaries in our life and let the Holy Spirit come in, the more that we have some standards, the more freely the Holy Spirit will come into your life because He's welcome there. He's not a jerk. He doesn't just show up where He's not welcomed. He shows up where He is welcomed. And so, you know, I'm going to preach on this soon because I realize we haven't really done this. And, you know, I'm a pretty fun-loving guy. I joke way too much, probably. I probably say dumb things I shouldn't say when I'm preaching and, and all this stuff. But there is a level, and I, I want to be a fun church. I want to laugh. You know, I want to. I don't want to be a bunch of prudes and like those mean old women that I saw at Golden Corral when I was 15. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to be like that. But check it out. Check it out. But there is reverence. There is holiness that we are called to have. At the Wednesday night service, we took communion, and I kind of hit on this for just a minute. Because communion, as you're learning, hopefully by now, is very, very special and very holy. And we just talked about, for 30 seconds about this, and I felt the presence of God come into this church like I haven't felt in a long, long time. And it was a Wednesday night, man. We were just, you know, it was crazy. But for five minutes, man, because we talked about holiness and reverence and boundaries and standards. We talked about it for 30 seconds. And the spirit came in just for a few minutes. There was a, you know, people on their knees. There was, it was, and I felt God so strong. And I'm like, and I, and I, I went home and I'm like, what just happened? It was a Wednesday night. What happened? And the Lord reminded me, Hey, you welcomed me in, man. People for five minutes for once got reverent. We didn't go to the altar call and they hit the doors trying to get to, you know, wherever. We didn't take communion and the people in the back were joking and, you know, elbowing each other and telling jokes. He's not going to show up with that. And in your life, if you want the presence of God, I promise you, you do. Oh, you do. Make him feel welcome. Don't do things all the time that are offensive to him. Do things that would say, I want you. I want your presence. And as we do, the Holy Spirit will come in. You read these stories about Abraham and Moses and David. Oh, I want that. Sure you do. But you're going to have to do some things that make him feel welcome. And so I don't even know what he's going to sing right now. But let's take a few minutes. Don't think that, you know, don't hit the doors. Just give God five minutes, all right? Worship him. Talk to him. Let him speak to your heart. Take five minutes for the presence of God. And I'm not even going to open up the prayer line, actually, not just yet. Let's worship God for just a few minutes here. And let's make him holy. Let's not think about anything else for just a minute. And let's let's just let him have his way just, just for a minute today. Just for a minute.
mercy endures forever. You know, one thing that we got to get a little bit better at too, you know, the scripture in Psalms over and over says, just be still and know that I'm God. And I'm really bad sometimes about always needing to have some noise, you know, always needing to have some background music, always needing to have something going on. But the Bible tells, no, it's okay to have some moments of some silence and just being still and absorbing it and knowing that I am God. And I challenge you in your life, man, have some time like that. Have some times of silence. Have some times of, you don't have to always have something going on all the time. We're overstimulated. And, uh, you know, there's some really, really beautiful things that God can do to your heart if you'll shut off all the other noise. Even if it's great worship music, sometimes just shut it off for a minute and listen to the Lord speak into you. Amen? Jesus is really, really awesome. The Holy Spirit is really, really awesome. God, our Father, is almighty, and He is really, really awesome in our lives. Amen? Well, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna go ahead and pray for us today. And I'll have, I'll have our prayer team come on up. Maybe the elders come on up and you guys can pray for people at the end if they need it. But I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna do, you know, the typical thing today. I just wanna, I wanna pray over us, pray for us. And I'm telling you, man, that the presence of God in your life, once you get that, you don't wanna live without it. Once you really get the presence of God in your life, because I'm going to try to quit preaching, I swear I am. But before, you know, if I talk about, man, well, that means I'm going to have to turn this off. I'm going to have to quit listening to that. I'm going to have to, have to. And here's the thing. It doesn't feel that way anymore. I want to get rid of some of that stuff. And, you know, I've heard it said this way, man. I drink all the beer I want to drink. (laughs) I do all the drugs I want to do. I don't want to do any of those things, so I don't drink them or do them. And it's not because, well, God will get mad at me. I just don't want that junk, man. I don't want it. It's not even a, you know, uh, 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 the more you get in the presence of God, the more desire you start to lose for those things. And it'll change your life. So that's why the Holy Spirit, that's why holiness in your life It's not a burden. It's not a chore. Man, it is a gift from God. That means I'm building up boundaries around me to keep the devil and other things further and further away so I can be closer and closer to God. Isn't that great? All right, well, let's go ahead. And uh, we're going to kind of close things out here. This is different, I know. But um, tonight we do have service at 6 o'clock. Pastor's preaching on healing. If you have had some sickness or anything going on, you know, in your life, in your body, in your family, come hear the word of God on it. Come hear the word of God on it. And uh, there's just so many great things going on. But let's go ahead and we're going to pray, do our Barstow Faith Confession. Then you can be dismissed. And uh, if you need prayer, you can come see, you know, some of the elders here, get some prayer, and it's going to be great. Amen. Uh, the Apostle Paul talked about in 2 Timothy, he said, men and women everywhere should raise their holy hands in prayer. And so raising hands isn't some stupid, charismatic, Pentecostal thing. It's a Bible thing. So let's go ahead and raise our hands together today as we close out in prayer. 
Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for your presence. In your presence is the fullness of joy. In your presence, Lord, is life everlasting. In your presence is the peace of God, the protection of God, the safety of God. And so, Lord, we welcome your presence into our life. Lord, if we're doing things that are kind of stiff-arming your presence and, and pushing your presence out of our life, Lord, help us to see that. Help us to make some changes because we want to be more and more like you. We want to get closer and closer to you. We know that the world is getting kind of more wicked and more wicked, but Lord, for the people of God, it doesn't have to get darker and darker. Lord, Isaiah chapter 60 said it could get brighter and brighter for the people of God. And that's what we desire. So Lord, have your way in our lives. Use us this week. If we need to repent of anything, I pray that we would repent. If we need to make changes, I pray that we would make changes. Because Jesus, we're letting our roots grow down into the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And our lives are going to change. We love you. We praise you. In the name of Jesus. Can everybody say amen today? Amen. All right. Let's speak some words of faith over Barstow today, and then you can be dismissed. And if you need prayer, you could come up and get that from somebody. Amen. Let's say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we love you, and we will see you tonight.